Hi, sci-fi fans. This is Jane Whedlin of the Go-Go's and from Star Trek Four, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, this is a capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I have a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 149. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are ecstatic that you guys are here with us at the diner tonight as we talk about things that are going on in the sci-fi world. Um, We have a great interview. And Miles, we are at episode 149. We've done 149 of these babies. I can't believe it. I, I can't just, believe it. I mean, they stuck up on us, yeah. In fact, I was just going back. Oh, by the way, before I go on, uh, I do have to say this episode is sponsored by Jason Taylor and Kalis. So thanks, guys, for your contributions and helping this podcast stay alive. Oh, yeah. And if you want to help this podcast live, you can just visit the sci-fi diner podcast.com site. But as I was about to say, I was going through some of the old episodes. I think I told you this earlier. I was listening to episode 14. Mm-hmm. You, Don, and I, mm-hmm. it was hilarious. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you really... So if you haven't checked out episode 14, I just threw it up in the feeds again. If you can't access it, let me know. I'll get it to you. Uh, but this is a hilarious episode with Don, Miles, and I. And it's like rabbit trails, and it's making fun of heroes, and Caprica, and Star Wars, and... I didn't know what the trouble was back then, Miles. Oh, <laughs> so, my, how, 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 how things have um, changed. They, they have definitely changed. <laughs> I do know what a trouble is now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But anyways, 149, that means our next episode, September 4th episode, will be... The Big 150. The Big 150. Mm-hmm. And we are going to celebrate. We are mm-hmm. going to be, throughout the show, giving away... Tons of swag. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have comic books. We have signed photographs. We have we have novels. We have, um, oh, I don't know, Miles Left Shoe. You know, we are <laughs> going to be giving stuff away. And if you want to be a part of the action and get in on it, we're going to make it real easy. Absolutely. All you need to do is submit your name and address so we can send it to you. Mm-hmm. And um, we won't give everyone a prize, but we will give... We will be pulling names out of a hat and giving prizes away mm-hmm. uh, that night. So it's a great chance for you to win some loot and um, to have a good chance for it. And we'll be giving away a ton of stuff. We have a ton of stuff to give away. Yeah, we have some good loot. Um, the guests at Shirley were, were kind enough to give us some signed some autographs. great yeah. sign prints mm-hmm. that we will give away. And uh, and so we have signed prints, as I said, comics. We, we have some great stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be good. Episode 150 coming on next week. And we would love to get any feedback you have, maybe any favorite uh, Sci-Fi Diner moments that you want to kind of talk about. We'll put it into our listener feedback episode that week. Actually, we'll probably just put it in the show. If it's the 150th show, we'll just put it in the regular show. Mm -hmm. So if you have any comments on that, let us know. And we'll be excited to share that with you. By the way, it's also the same day that we're going to be doing our uh, Sci-Fi Rewind on Starship Troopers. Okay. Yeah. Miles' favorite. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe I can learn something from it. Right? Maybe maybe get out of it. Maybe big bugs. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're going to be doing that with John Miro. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. That'll be a good night. It's always a good time we get John. Oh, love to have John on. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely fabulous. Well, why don't we uh, go ahead and hop into <clears throat> oh. Ooh. By the way, the fourth we're going to—that's when we're going to find out whether we're in the parsecs or not, whether we want it or not. Oh, okay. Because Dragon Con's coming up, baby. That's right. I'm um, not going to be there, but for those of you going, good luck. And uh, if you go, send us your report if you can before the fourth. That's the day after <laughs> it ends. But if you get a chance to give us a Dragon Con report, we would love to play that or share that as well on the show. I'm sure our friend Kevin Batchelder is going is. 
he'll be there. He will definitely be there. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of others, a lot of other listeners. I think that'll mm-hmm. be there as well. So, but all right. Well, let's move into uh, our menu tonight, Miles. Okay. Um, do we are we feeding these people anything tonight? We have a really big menu to serve up tonight. Really, really big. Who are we interviewing tonight? Uh, we are going to be airing our interview with uh, Ms. Jane Weedlin. I pronounced her name incorrectly, and she was kind enough, um, and she was very kind in her correction. Um, right. So, um, so we, we, we had the pleasure to talk to her over at Shore Leave a couple weeks ago. And she, of course, was one of the original go-go's, still is a go-go. You know what? And one thing she'll, she'll say in the interview is that um, they're one of the few bands in existence to have all the original members. That's very true. Did you get a chance to get some audio recording of her singing? I did. Yes. Well, so uh, we'll have to insert some of that in there so you can hear her sing. She gave basically at her session a free mini concert. She sang about three or four songs. With, right. She just turned acoustic guitar, and we just had a good old time. Awesome, awesome. And, of course, she was in Star Trek Four, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Star Trek movies, by the way. Right, and uh, she's done a lot of voice work since then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just... Um, Sweet lady, very, very sweet lady. You know, so like a 10, 10, 15 minute interview. Or I think, like that? yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We got our picture with her. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very good. And uh, what else is on the menu, Miles? Well, in, in uh, TV news, we'll have some ratings uh, highlights, and uh, we got some fringe trailers. Well, what about trivia? In, in trivia, we, we do have a new trivia, right? We have a new trivia question this week, and, and we you get a chance to win. Janeway, a little bit of Janeway. Janeway. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. She guys her DNA, right? Um, as we say, what else? What else is on the menu? In movie news, we um, have some news about a new Mad Max movie. And, oh yeah! And in audio books, I believe we'll be talking a little bit about Heavenfield. Yeah, Heaven Heavenfield, Heavenfield. Ian Hume. Now we interviewed this guy oh way back, mm-hmm. and um, but it's a it's a it's a great story. He's continued to put them out, and there was a huge break in there. But we'll talk about it more. Mm-hmm. And uh, special interest, um, I believe you found this article. So the Star Wars spear bike is almost a reality. I know. I know. I was watching the clip, and it looks like a speeder bike. So a little bit of imagination, bigger fans, but... That's okay. I would take one. If yeah. Someone, I would not refuse one if somebody gave me Miles those. said that if he ends up having a midlife crisis, this is his toy. That's right. That's right. Even though it'd be better if it were shaped like... The, uh, well, that would be my, our first choice, but <laughs> not going to, you know, this th- th- this thing looks pretty cool. And if it could, you know, it does, if you could fly, you know, over several, several feet off the ground and go fast on it, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then we have uh, some This Week in Trek. What's going on in the Trek world? Well, there's a new Star Trek podcast produced by uh, Rod Roddenberry. Um, hmm, I don't know who if... Who is this Roddenberry you speak of? <laughs> um, yeah, who, 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 who's sort of Roddenberry? No, he is, the, he is this, of course, the son of um, like Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek. But he... I, I don't know if he's going to be on the podcast so much, but he is producing it and... I guess you know it, it has his name on it, but uh, John Champion, one of the DVD geeks, is one of the co-hosts of uh, that. We'll talk more about that. Um, also, we, we love you, John. We, we need to get John on the show. We you need, know, we've yeah. had his co-host on many times, and we, we need to get him on sometime too, and her for that matter. But, but that's true. We need to get uh, Mary back on. And uh, Larry Nevercheck, um, he released this at um, Shore Leave, but um, so he has some past interviews on CD, but you could still get that. We'll give you information about that. Very good. Mm-hmm. And we have our sci-fi five and five, and I believe it is top five movies that we should be rewinding but aren't. Yes, uh, this, is, this is from Jen. Jen from New York suggestions of movies that we should be uh, we should be checking out. And there are a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. And again, if you ever want to be on a rewind, it took us a year to get JP on. But, mm-hmm. but you know, if you want to be on a rewind, you have a movie that you have a, you like to talk about and chat about. Let us know, and we'll see what we can do. But we had a great one. Review with uh, JP looking at uh, Logan's run. Yeah, and we that just got into the feeds and got some good response about it. So, oh, we we haven't talked about what's going on in our sci-fi world. Yeah, we haven't. We mm-hmm. haven't. Do you want to do that, or you want to wait till the listener feedback show? Oh, we we should do that here too. We should do that here. What's going on in your sci-fi world before we head into our new trivia tonight? Okay. Well, um, I recently was on the Delta Quadrant podcast. Uh, they they review Star Trek Voyager and the episodes they aired. And I, I reviewed the one uh, Deadlock with them. And so had a great time with them. Nice group of people. And if you like Star Trek Voyager, as far as uh, Star Trek Voyager podcasts, this is the best that's out there. So um, check it out. They're, they're almost through season two. And um, they're just um, 
they're, they're going to keep going until they're done. But they're also – sometimes they'll take a break, look at other – they'll call it, you know, meanwhile, back in the Alpha Quadrant. Right. They'll look at an episode of one of the other series or even a movie. Sometime in the near future, I'll be reviewing uh, the 2009 Star Trek movie with them. Oh, nice. Very yeah. good. Very good. Well, they are uh, they're a great podcast, and mm-hmm. I've been, I'm a huge fan of Voyager. Mm-hmm. I'm still stuck in season three <laughs> of. of uh, do you know what I need to do mm-hmm. with with um, DS9? It's I really just need to get them on disc mm-hmm. and burn them so I can watch when I'm mm-hmm. running. Because I I don't I really don't I don't take time to sit down and watch TV right now. I don't have time. Right. So, oh well. May but. winter's coming and the work outside will lessen, and therefore I will have more time. I guess we, we can hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my sci-fi world. You got it <laughs> right there. No, um, I, you know I, I'm watching. I'm, I'm, I'm up on alphas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loving alphas. I know you don't watch this, Miles. One of the best shows that, that sci-fi has going for it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warehouse 13 still loving. I'm an episode back, and I'm really back in Falling Skies. Um, but I did begin watching an episode four episodes ago. So uh, I will get caught up by the next show. I will be done. I know we're going to review a little bit about it in the listener feedback episode, mm-hmm. but Falling Skies, yeah. Yeah, I'm caught up on them. So they so. awesome season finale with uh, Falling Skies and... Uh, Warehouse 13 is still great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm um, Reduce, the book Reduce by oh, the yeah. Crazy Eight. I'm still reading that. I'm about four stories in and some good stories in there. And Actually, I was at the beach a weekend or two ago, and my nephew picked it up and read through the whole thing. Really? He loved it. Oh. He said it's a great book. Great book. So accessible good. to him, and he loves the Greek gods and myths and mm-hmm. some of the mythology, so he really connected with it. Oh, that probably was so, right about Zelly. Oh, yeah. It mm-hmm. really, really helped him out. Mm-hmm. But, and I believe that's about it. About mm-hmm. it for me. Not, yeah. Nothing real crazy there. I'm still reading. Uh, I just picked up for my Kindle a, a Stargate Atlantis novel. Uh, it's an older one, but I kind of wanted to look um, one that maybe was earlier in the series. Well, maybe like season three. Who, who read it? Who wrote it? Uh, James Swallow. I was actually looking for seeing if any Star Trek authors wrote for... And some of them have. Some of them have, and he's one of them. And so... Um, some of the Stargate novels, it's kind of hit and miss. Some of them are really good. Some of them are so-so. And so I w- looked at reviews on Amazon. I want to make sure I find one that you know had some good feedback. And this one did. This one did. So, so I'm reading Stargate, uh, Stargate Atlantis Halcyon. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, you know, um, and I'm, I just purchased the uh, new Terry Brooks move, uh, book mm-hmm. that he came out with that is in the, it's in the Shannara series. Just came out today, mm-hmm. so I downloaded it. It's in my audio queue. When I when I go running tomorrow, I'll probably be listening to it. Mm-hmm. So excited about that! Good deal. So well, let's move into some new trivia. We have a uh, we have some gifts we want to give people tonight. So uh, let's start off by saying, what is this gift that we're giving away tonight? Well, we uh, we didn't get a chance to talk with Kate Mulgrew shortly. Unfortunately, unfortunately, she was very busy and and just not very accessible. However, we she did came in late to the con. She left uh, mid afternoon on Sunday, so oh, okay. it was real busy. So, but I did, but, but both of us got uh, autographed pictures of of her, and so we'll be giving one of those away. Um, whoever answers this this trivia question correctly. We might throw one into the prize pack next week. We might so, do that too, yeah. So we haven't decided here. But yeah, so we're going to be giving we're going to be giving Janeway away, and mm-hmm. it's a signed photograph of her. Mm-hmm. And you know what a great prize giving away a Star Trek captain. This will look really good in your autograph collection. Yeah, really good in your man cave or, <laughs> or, or woman cave if you have such a thing. So, so um, well, I mean, what what do they, what question do they need to answer? Well, I'm. Um, being that she is on Warehouse 13, this is uh, pro- this question is appropriate. Absolutely. So, in the context of the last two episodes of Warehouse 13, what does it have in common with Stargate Universe? Yeah. Now we we do have to clarify if you haven't if you don't watch Warehouse 13, there's this thing called IMDb <laughs> that you can easily check this out and find out who in Warehouse 13 has been on Stargate Universe. There's right. two people most recently, and, and the, these are are you talking about last night's episode? Too? Last night and the, and the, and is so it the date is what today? This is the 21st today. So the episode that aired on the 20th and then seven days prior to that, I guess yes. the 13th mm-hmm. would have been the other episode that aired. So in those two episodes. I don't even know the names of them because I don't have it in front of me, and I'm being a schlep like that. Uh, but the episodes that are there, that's where you're looking for that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look for the air dates in that. 
And uh, they do have a code word they need to include. And what's that code word? The code word is Farnsworth. Farnsworth. Mm-hmm. Which, if you are a Warehouse 13 lover, you will understand. And if not, again, you don't have to love Warehouse 13 to answer this question. No, you don't. Just if you, do a little research. You'll get this question. If you're a Warehouse Absolutely. 13 and a Storegate Universe yeah. fan, you'll, you'll definitely get this. And we are giving you a month to answer this question. So the 18th mm-hmm. of September, we will be uh, giving away Janeway. Yes. So very good. Awesome. Well, Miles, thanks for that trivia. Let's move on into our first promo tonight, and we are going to be giving the DVD geeks some love because we love us some geeks. And we love what they do with the, on their podcast. Um, um, DVDs or are you stripping Blu-rays. them down for us, building them up? Yeah. They're, they're, if you want to hear a good podcast on um, on, on reviews about uh, you know. New movies that came out on DVD, uh, TV shows that came out on DVD, or, or Blu-ray. They do both. Um, new releases, even independent films, they, they they review it all. And they don't claim to be experts, but I think their opinion is very you know very professional sounding. And so um, they, they give their they give their podcast a try. They were also very busy in the, the convention circuit. They they were both at uh, San Francisco Comic Con and just most recently at Vegas Con. So they've been you know hitting the cons. Uh, uh, very busy. I imagine they talk about that in their shows too. So they do, they do talk a little about that too. Yeah. All right. Well, here's a promo for DVD Geeks. It's the DVD Geeks. Real fans with real opinions. Every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central on FearlessRadio.com. FearlessRadio.com. Remember, scene selection is not a special feature. The DVD Geeks on FearlessRadio.com. For more information, point your web browser to DVDGeeks.tv. the podcast. We're going to talk tonight about uh, some TV news. We always start off with some TV news and we move into some movie news and we have some audio book news and some Trek news and mm-hmm. some special interest news. So it's all sorts of news tonight, which is totally cool. Let's start with some TV news and um, we often talk a little bit about how the ratings are going and that fluctuates from week to week and mm-hmm. depending when you're listening to this, the news may be a little bit old, but we'll try to just pick some relevant shows and some highlights and um, why don't we just run through okay. these shows and you take the first show and I'll take the second show. So we'll start, I guess, with uh, well, Teen Wolf, a show I know is Jen's watching. Jen M., I know some others of you out there are watching, but we are not watching. Mm-hmm. Tell us what's going on with Teen Wolf. So Teen Wolf, I guess, looks like they had a good week, uh, 1.72 million viewers. Um, so as they near its uh, Season 2 finale, Teen Wolf continues to show consistent strength. It broke even in ratings score this week and picked up a few viewers. We'll see if the finale gives it a uh, boost. But even if it doesn't, this show has held steady and it's already on its way to a third season. Very good, very good. Alphas, which, of course, I am watching, but you are not. Um, I'm still bitter about that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Alphas is, uh, is it Warehouse 13? Is that the next? That's the next is Warehouse 13. Okay, so let me talk about Alphas. You can talk about Warehouse 13. Alphas, uh, 1.37 million viewers. That's 0.6. Alphas picked up a tenth of a rating point and basically broke even in viewers this week. Like Warehouse 13, it's not where it was last year, but that rating score is definitely strong for a show with viewership this size. Okay, and Warehouse 13? They had 1.63 million viewers. After a big dip between weeks one and two, Warehouse 13 broke even in the third week of its uh, fourth season. It's almost half a million viewers down from where it was this time last season, but don't count the show out yet. These numbers definitely aren't weak. Yeah. No, definitely not, and... I think Warehouse 13 is going to be around for another season, unless it just absolutely tanked. The story is phenomenal. I think the story is, fin- the story is great. I think a bit, bit darker this season, but still the humor. Oh, the humor is definitely still there, but it's just an addition of a little bit of darkness. Yeah. Lost Girl, which I know some of you are watching, 1.17 million viewers uh, on Sci-Fi. Four weeks into its new Friday night time slot, Lost Girl's doing well. Not only is it putting up higher numbers than it was for many of its recent Monday nights, but it's performing much more consistently. As we near the season two finale, this looked like a good move by Sci-Fi. Hmm. So you'll probably be seeing more Lost Girl. Probably, yeah. 
Uh, Sunday, True Blood on HBO. Um, this is really good numbers. 4.49 million viewers. Uh, True Blood dropped a tenth of a ratings point, but still ruled Sunday night with just two episodes left and preseason football to contend with until it ends its year. We'll see if we can hold on to the crown for the rest of season five. They're going to be renewed. Oh, no if doubt. If they haven't been. They might have even been renewed. I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Falling Skies, which, of course, we are watching. Had, is this finale numbers? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's next week, so mm-hmm. this is actually old. We don't know how the finale did. We don't mm-hmm. have those numbers out yet. But the week before, Falling Skies broke even in ratings but picked up a few viewers, and its numbers were good enough to earn it a strong third-place finish Sunday night. The scene of the finale is next week, and we look forward to a, reason, a season three. We'll also be finding out if the show can pull off a big ratings finish. Mm-hmm. So we do have a season three for that. We're just waiting for it. Well, it's, it's, we have to wait a whole year. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> So, so that's what's going on in ratings news, and I believe we hit most of the big ones. There's some other shows, Futurama's out there that I didn't report on, and Saving Hope and everything else. But yeah, Saving Hope, I think, was canceled. I think it was canceled. Okay. I think so. Mm-hmm. What do I know? I'm just a sci-fi geek. Yes. <laughs> reporting the news. All right. Well, let's move into our next news story. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. Uh, so a show that Scott and I are definitely looking forward to coming back. So we got... Uh, Two trailers. Um, I found this on uh, Sci-Fi Mafia. So we have t- two must-see, uh, brand new teaser trailers for season five. So, by the way, Neil sent a copy of this one, one of them in to us. Oh, okay, uh, good. So, mm-hmm. but so hi Neil, and he's always in the lookout. He's my fringe buddy. Cool. So, <laughs> you'll hear him. You'll hear him on the podcast we did with um, the pan, the fringe pan. Oh, okay. Because he was miles for the day. Yeah, I couldn't be there that day, but yeah. I'm glad he, you know, he he picked up the slack. But anyways, sidetrack here. Go so, ahead. So we, we've had uh, four four uh, teaser trailers in, in two days. We'll, we'll be showing you two of them, or, and from three favorite TV shows. You shouldn't have, but thank you, TV gods. Thank you. Yesterday was American Horror Story, Asylum earlier today, and Doctor Who, and now we have two from our beloved Fringe. And like the other sh- two shows teasers, these two do not disappoint. The first is for the season in general. The second is is for the season premiere. Right. So let's do the one. We'll do the one for the episode first, and this is the one called Etta, right? Yes. So this is a 30-second bit, and we'll play it. We'll talk about it, and we'll play the other one here. They are coming. It's coming. September 28th on Fox. All right, so let's speculate. What's happening in this promo? Well, it looks like the uh, observers are walking up and they're going to try to take Etta. Well, either they're taking Etta or the invasions become. Yeah. Isn't that because Etta's around four when the invasion Future Etta, yeah. Yeah, so, so this is, she's four in this clip. Mm-hmm. This, is, this has to be invasion day. It probably is. And yeah. we saw pictures of Joshie Jackson in an army outfit mm-hmm. in one of the – I don't think it's in the clip, but I thought it was in a still shot. I, I, somebody put on our Facebook page of a picture of him with a, with a uniform. I'm pumped. September 28th. Can't come quick enough. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. i got to wait a month here? Oh. He'll go fast. Oh. All right. Here's the, here's the other teaser that they put up. We've recorded him at over three dozen scenes. There's more than one observer. They just watch. They don't get involved. Who are these people? We are you. Many generations after your lifetime. In the year 2609, they finally ruined the planet. And when it was uninhabitable, they traveled back through time and took our planet from us. Walter Bishop, you are fighting much more than I would have thought possible. Yeah, great. It's not much of a teaser. All you see is these the observers walking forward. But you get a real good capsulization of um, the observers. And you know what this teaser tells us, Miles, is that this will be observer-centric. Oh, very much so. They're going to answer the question they've been teasing with for four seasons is, what's up with the observers? Right. And uh, it's definitely going to be a future look. I'm, season five is going to rock. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. 13 episodes will go way too quickly. I know. I mean, I'll be sad to see it o- over, but at least 
they're giving an opportunity to really tie loose ends and just end things on a bang. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, so that those are our teasers, and uh, yeah, uh, let us know. Are you looking forward to Fringe coming back? What are you hoping to see in Season 5 of Fringe? Um, we just want to see the crew back yeah, and more Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, no Nimoy in these clips. No. But... But I, I love this short clip of Walter in his pajamas or whatever he is out in that one <laughs> little clip. But, but you know, the, the, we did see a new clip of Nimoy in the Comic-Con preview. Okay. So it could be that he's there. I don't know. I I would think he would at least make one one more appearance. Yeah, because after all, he's not really retired. <laughs> yeah. We, he's, we know that. He can't retire. <laughs> no, he can't. He tried, but he can't. All right, well, let's move into some movie news here. And in movie news, we have a story about Mad Max. Uh, Fury Road is officially underway. Right, so um, the production uh, production director George Miller's long-awaited um, film, Mad Max Fury Road, began early last month. But the production company has now announced the official start of principal photography on the film and dropped a press release that includes a char- character names and a brief synopsis from the director. Go ahead and read that, Miles. So the, the press release says that principal photography began uh, July 9th on, on the dystopian action-adventure Mad Max Fury Road, a Kennedy Miller-Mitchell uh, production written and directed by Mad Max creator and Academy Award winner George Miller, who also uh, directed Happy Feet. Yeah, now, see, I've got to stop you there. Mad Max being directed by the guy who did Happy Feet. I'm just saying that's that's it, Miles. There is definitely a d- disparity between the two. <laughs> there, there is. <laughs> so go ahead. The film will be presented by uh, Warner Brothers Pictures and associated with Village Roadshow Pictures. It'll be distributed worldwide by Warner Brothers Pictures, a Warner Brothers Entertainment Company, and select territories by Village uh, Roadshow Pictures. Mad Max Fury, Ro- Fury Road, the fourth in the franchise's history, stars Tom Hardy from The Dark Knight um, in the title role as uh, Max. Uh, uh, Rakitansky, uh, along with uh, Oscar winner uh, Charlize Theron um, as uh, Imperator Furosa. According to Miller, Mad Max is caught up with a group of people fleeing across the wasteland in a war rig driven by uh, Imperator Furosa. This is a movie, is an account of the uh, road, war, road War which follows. It is based on, on the word burgers of the history men and eyewitness actions of those who survived. It'll, it'll also star uh, Nicholas uh, Halt. Uh, from, from X-Men and, um, and Nathan Jones and Rictus or, Erectus um, as well. Also featured in the movie are, are Josh uh, Hellman as uh, Slit, Jennifer Hagen as uh, Miss Kitty, and singer-songwriter-performer uh, Iota as uh, Coma Doof Warrior. Uh, some interesting characters. And there's there. some, plenty of other characters he's skipping over because there's just a lot of names here. Right, so... Shooting on Mad Max, Fury Road is taking place in Africa with the support of the Australian government. Originally slated to be shot in uh, Broken Hill, New New South Wales, Australia, the production was forced to relocate due to severe flooding, rendering the uh, Australian landscape unsuitable for the film. The rain turned the area into an oasis instead of the post-apocalyptic terrain that is setting for Max's world. Yeah, that's not good. So, (laughs) Yeah, so no release date in the sucker yet. Mm -hmm. But... uh, so I watched the very first Mad Max movie, and mm-hmm. I never really followed the franchise beyond that. Yeah. And I know that Mad Max is kind of the iconic movie, but the movies after that, did they ever reach the same status as the original Mad Max? I, I have not watched the, the movies, so I can't. Have you watched Mad Max? No, I can't speak for that. So, see, we have to rewind that. That's that's, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's future sci-fi rewind, yeah. Yeah, it has to be somewhere in there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of interesting. Some good names in there. Oh yeah, uh, Tom Hardy. You know, he played Bane in, in, in the new Batman movie. Bane. He, you know, not the most loved Star Trek film, but um, he. I thought he did a good job. He played uh, Shinzon in um, uh, Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, okay, very mm-hmm. good. Well, well, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys are looking forward to Man Max, let us know. It certainly has uh, some cult status there. Um, in uh, some special interest news, uh, we a company has developed a real Star Wars speeder bike, Hovercraft. Hmm. All right? There's a video for this, and I'll try to remember to embed it into the show notes, but if not, the story will be there. And it's, all, our, it's on our Facebook. And, and, if, and if you're on our Facebook page, it's, uh, it's there, too. It's there as well, as well. Of all the cool tech to pop up in Star Wars series, the speeder bikes from the epic episode... Six, Return of the Jedi chase scenes are some of the coolest. They are fast, dangerous, and pure hovercraft fiction. 
Well, maybe not that last one for much longer. A California-based company called Aerofax seems to think it's figured out how to actually make a two-duct rotor hovercraft work. The design originated in the 60s, but was never perfected to provide an actual usability for the rider. Enter Aerofax, who added knee-level control bars to the system, and their prototype has actually worked out well in the first round of tests. The only problem... The company still has a lot of testing to do, and the moment they're capped, they capped human flights at 15 feet high at 30 miles an hour. Though the bike can apparently move about as fast as a helicopter in the right environment. Early stages or not, Aerofax founder Mark DeRoche believes the hovercraft, the hover vehicle, has potential to be the next big thing in personal transportation. He said via Yahoo. Think of it as lowering the threshold of flight down to the domain of ATVs, all-terrain vehicles. It essentially captures the translations between the two in a three-axis pitch roll and yaw, and it activates the aerodynamic controls required to counter the movement, which lines the vehicle back up with the pilot. Since the pilot's balancing movements are instinctive and constant, it plays out quite effortlessly to him. So when can you get one of these bad boys and live out your Return of the Jedi fantasies? The company has a drone testing scheduled through the end of 2013, so it will be at least 2014-2015 before these could actually be available to the general public. But it definitely looks worth the wait. Oh, yeah. I want one of these. (laughs) (laughs) So, Miles, uh, you're 40, but, hey, you can always still live out that midlife crisis. Oh, sure. So, um, you know... You know, if you if you can work your way to Star Trek London, you can certainly work your work your money up for this. Um, this thing's not going to be cheap. Oh, of course not. I mean, you uh, might as well mortgage your house or buy a car. So. Maybe maybe you could rent one for a day or something just to. I, I I see these things. I don't know about practical applications for them yet. Yeah, uh, not. But you know, hey, you know, maybe you could go to work. I mean, I I would. I mean, I, I wonder how much, um, you know, how, how long you could you can you know run one of these. I'm just thinking, you know, what I wonder. Fuel. I wonder how much red tape you're gonna have to go through for get one of these things. Do you have to get a pilot's license? Right. I mean, I mean there's, you know, you aren't going real high, but we're gonna be able, we legislate everything at that. Oh my gosh! You yeah. know, gone to the good days when you just hop on a three wheeler and just take it across the countryside. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, definitely excited. I'm ex- it's, a, it's a cool, it's cool, it's a cool progress. Now, now, now that they have these, I'm wondering, thinking if the hover car is not far behind. Well, if they get this technology working and it's and it's efficient, mm-hmm. we don't know how fuel efficient this is. Right. You know, if they could get this working on solar power, whew, <laughs> that'd be great. Well, even even batteries. I mean, um, they could charge. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it, it looks really cool. I would definitely <laughs> love to ride one of these. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that this would be uh, this this would definitely be something that uh, a fanboy's dream. Oh yeah. So if you're a Star Wars fan, this is definitely worth it. Oh yeah. Well, let's move into our uh, patio book mm-hmm. review. The Heaven Field, a novel by I.G. Hume, read. So we're going to talk about Ian Hume's, um, our I.G. Hume's book, Heaven Field. Mm-hmm. Four-part series, um, I believe parts one, two were out for the longest time, and then there was nothing out for about a year. He's just released part three and part four. I haven't listened to part three yet. Uh, did you listen to this podcast when it came out? I did listen to... A- First couple episodes, I, right. I I just didn't get hooked on it. Right. Well, you know what? This is an interesting because it takes place. It's scientific mm-hmm. in that what they're doing is they discovered this area that they call the heaven field. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an alternate reality. Um, but they kind of allude that this is – they call it the heaven field because what they encounter in this reality are beings that look like angels. Mm-hmm. But these aren't just your typical Gabriel angels. These are like warlike angels, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's not it, It's not heaven like the in, – in the Christian view of it or in any other interpretation of it. This is I.G. Hume's own creation. Mm-hmm. Um and it's dark, it's gritty, it's fantastical um, with science, and there's 
different factions on Earth trying to control the technology. Uh, it's a fascinating story to get caught up in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to hitting book three, and I just haven't done it yet. I haven't had the time. Mm-hmm. But, and now that I got Terry Brooks' new book, I probably won't have the time for a little bit. But it's, it's on my queue. I have all the episodes downloaded. So uh, if you've not checked out this part of your book, well worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I, it. Definitely a four out of five. Okay. Definitely a four out of five. Well produced. Has gotten some great publicity from from Christoph Lepuka. Right, right. So, uh, and that's how I heard about it initially from the Leviathan Chronicles. By the way, he said he'd be on the show sometime. Oh, oh, love to, love to talk to Christoph again. But uh, I just haven't arranged it. So mm-hmm. if you get a chance to arrange it with him, just talk to him. Okay. We're looking at October. Very good. Yeah, so... So maybe that'll work out for him. Mm-hmm. So that's our audio book review tonight. Um, so if you haven't checked out Heavenfield, please do. It's available on iTunes, and you can obviously go to his website as well. Website as well. So uh, that's our that's that's our audio book, right? So Miles, I have a song for you. Oh, really? Now this is sung by the lady. They did the uh, song "F U Ray Bradbury." Oh, okay. So and she got she got nominated for a Hugo for it, but she at the Hugos sang the song in Klingon Miles just for you. <laughs> I think our Klingon listeners will um, appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, and the oh, I'm drawing a, a blank. Uh, the, the gentleman who created the Klingon language. Um, oh yeah, well, Mark, 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 Mark Arkrind. I mean, I think he might appreciate this too. <laughs> yeah, see, they should translate all of Rent into uh, Klingon, and then I might actually enjoy it. I wasn't a huge Rent fan when I saw it. It was kind of gritty, dystopic, not very hopeful. Even though I like this song, oh, I, I did like some of the music from Rent. I'm not a big Rent no, fan Rent, either. No, I didn't. I, I, no, but but, but would, Klingon. If they didn't Klingon with Klingons, I might like it. It would put a new spin on it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's not really what we have in this week in Star Trek. So, Miles, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what is going on in Star Trek world? Okay. Well. Um, as we we had said in the menu, um, Rod Roddenberry is is uh, executive producer of a new uh, Star Trek podcast called Mission Logs. And, and thank you, uh, Chris Wood, for sharing this. Absolutely. And so, um, a brand new podcast has hit the cyber airwaves recently, and is set to examine every single episode of Star Trek. The best part about the new show is that it's a Roddenberry Entertainment production. Mission Log, but hosted by DVD John Champion, and. Um, uh, Mac OS Ken Ken Ray will start with the the original series pilot. The Mac Cage. OS Ken's doing it. Yeah, awesome. You know who that is? I do know. I, I download his podcast every day. He, he reports on the latest Apple news. Oh, okay. He puts out a daily podcast, Miles, wow. every single day, ten to fifteen minutes, uh, five to fifteen minutes long. Short news: What's going mm-hmm. on in the world of Apple? Okay. Mac OS Ken. Well, the two of them are are, are teaming up to. Uh, for this podcast, uh, so yeah, they're they're going to um, every every episode of Star Trek um, they're going to review. Um, with a new episode launched last week, uh, we got a chance to ask executive producer Rod Rubber a few questions about the new show. Are you just going to summarize these or just hit? Yeah, I'll hit a few. It seems that the podcast will be a continuation of themes explored in Trek Nation. What else can uh, Trek fans expect from the new show? Uh, Rod says, in many respects, the podcast is an extension of my journey documented in Trek Nation. I always wanted the opportunity to examine the philosophy of each Star Trek episode from the Roddenberry perspective and get to the core of what has been inspiring fans for decades. I'm excited fans will be able to explore these themes with me. 
Um, and it asks, will you be hosting the podcast? If not, who will be? And uh, will you be joining them from time to time? Uh, so uh, Roddenberry says, uh, veteran podcasters and Star Trek aficionados, John Champion and Ken Ray will host the show. And I'm definitely looking forward to being a guest on the show from time to time. John and Ken will offer a balanced yet critical analysis of the underlying themes and metaphors and subtext inter- interwined in each Star Trek episode. They'll dialogue around the plot uh, points, principles and philosophies of Star Trek and how it relates to humanity, both during its original airings and today. There will be plenty of wit and humor to balance the, their analysis. John and Ken are very entertaining, sometimes agreeing and sometimes disagreeing, but always looking at multiple perspectives. So um, if you want to look at the article, um, it's on uh, Subspace Comms. And we'll paste it into our show notes as well, so you'll see it there. Sure, but I've listened to the first two episodes. Uh, I, I enjoyed them both. Um, and so they're, they're the cool thing is they're, they're starting in the original series. There, I, I, there are probably other podcasts that might be devoted to the original series, but I haven't but this is, heard them. So, all right. So, if so, if I actually want to actually begin watching the original series, I can watch one episode and listen to the podcast. Right. Um, and you know, I, I know John Champion from DVD Geeks. He's he's a great podcaster. Oh yeah, we've dialogued with him. Have a good relationship many times. So, so um, um, we still need to get him on the show. We got get we got get you on the show sometime, John. So, but okay. uh, good podcast. If you uh, listeners, if you're looking for another good Star Trek podcast, let's do check check mission logs out. Absolutely. And in other news, so Larry Nemechek presents. Trickland uh, on speaker future voices uh, past the digital age has brought us a wealth of supplemental material about Star Trek, but no one has spent more face time with the franchise actors and creators than Dr. Trek himself, Larry Nemechek. Now, in the first disc of Trekland on, on speaker, Larry digs into his uh, archives for interviews with Trek uh, luminaries who have since left us. Future Voices Past offers uh, never-before-heard material with um, Michael Piller, Mark Leonard, uh, Jerry Fleck, and Bob Justman. We had the pleasure here at uh, Trek FM of working with Larry on the project. Uh, as, as our publisher, uh, Christopher Jones, designed the album packaging and worked on the audio along with uh, Ted Peterson. Larry offered the first disc as an ex- exclusive of Star Trek Las Vegas earlier this month, the special content edition was limited to 50 discs. But for those interested who, who could not make it to uh, Star Trek Las Vegas, Larry is making some additional copies available for purchase by mail. If you're interested in picking up these rare interviews, drop Larry a line or over on his website, LarryNemchuk.com. And we have a promo for it. Let me we do that. The digital age has brought us a wealth of supplemental material about Star Trek, but no one has spent more face time with the franchise's actors and creators than Dr. Trek himself, Larry Nemechek. Now on the first disc of Trekland, on speaker, Larry digs into his archives for interviews with Trek luminaries who have since left us. Future Voices Past offers never-before-heard material with Michael Piller, Mark Leonard, Jerry Fleck, and Bob Justman. If you're at Star Trek Las Vegas this weekend, you'll find the volume exclusively at Larry's Table. The special con edition is limited to 50 discs. But as you said, you can get this if you contact him directly. So, yeah, I, I think I might have to look into this, I'm sure. Larry that- will get you one. Come on. <laughs> I'll, I'll well uh, if I'll be happy to pay for one. That's all right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He'll get you one. He'll mm-hmm. get you one. So well, thank you for this week in Trek, Miles. Oh, you're welcome. And we got to move into our last promo tonight. Our last promo is from the Chronic Riff guys, who put out a uh, podcast called the Cyborgs, a bionic podcast. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, is about. Uh, the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, and now are you still listening to it? I am still listening to to them. They, they do about a podcast uh, every two weeks. Uh, they have had uh, some very uh, notable um, uh, guest hosts with uh, with them that you and I would be familiar with. Uh, Dayton Ward has been on a few. Um, uh, Keith DeCanado has been on one. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so, so they, they, they've guest hosted with him. Uh, Dayton Ward is a huge $6 million man oh, yeah. fanatic. Does he have the time life series? He does. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. they're going through all the episodes. I think they're almost through they're, they're all, well, they're pushing through season one. So then they haven't hit season two yet. Very good. Very but good. I'm, but I'm enjoying the, the, that podcast and it's just a fun trip down memory lane, uh, hearing about, uh, these old bionic man shows. And here's the promo. Two longtime fans of two bionic shows discuss an episode in detail every two weeks with one guest host The Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman. The mythology, 
a look behind the scenes, those sound effects, and the fashions. Oh my god, the fashions. Cyborgs, a bionic podcast, hosted by John S. Drew and Paul K. Bisson. Find us at chronicrift.com slash cyborgs or subscribe on iTunes. And we are back. Miles, tonight we have a very special interview with none other than... Uh, Miss Jane Wheatland. Yes, who is one of the original and still a go-go from the uh, all-girl group, the Go-Go's. Right. If, you, if, you're, if you're a fan of their music, uh, they are touring. Right. Uh, so they might be in your area. So just I'm sure if you look up uh, the Go-Go's, the go-go's you'll, you'll find it. You'll find constant information. But, right, absolutely. But uh, Miss Wheatland is a huge sci-fi fan, Star Trek fan. And, so and we met her at Shore Leave 34 this year. Right. She was there, uh, you know, kind of talking about her career. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a new comic book out called Robotica, Mr. Mrs. Robotica. Miss Robotica, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's out. And uh, actually, I'm kind of interested in reading that. It looks interesting, yeah. So it looks kind of interesting. But she was in Star Trek IV. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has she done? Tons of other bit work. She, right? she, I think a lot of her, well, she was also in um, uh, the first Bill and Ted movie. Oh, that's right. She was Bill Joan of Arc. Ted's, yes, that's right. And, and, but she's done a lot of voice. Uh, Voice work, so you know a lot of uh, kids uh, shows for voice work. You you will have heard her voice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to bring you this interview with her. It's about a 10, 15 minute interview. A mm-hmm. uh, good time, just sitting and chatting with her. Surely, and uh, we hope you enjoy. Talking about 
somebody who's not only made her mark in the sci-fi world and acting in her voice work, such works as Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, and made popular cartoons such as Peaky and the Brain, some more recent Scooby-Doo programs, and King of the Hill. But this lovely lady is a 150 80s super group, the all-girl girl band, the Go-Go's. Today we are thrilled to be hanging with, out with the lovely Miss Jane Wheedlin. Miss Wheedlin, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. You're welcome, Miles. I'm happy to be here. Delighted. And you're going to be performing uh, tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone keeps coming up to me and saying, oh, I can't wait for the concert. It's not really a concert. I'm, I'm doing Q&A. I'm going to do a couple songs. That's fantastic. Two, three songs. Why not, right? Oh, right. With the, like, the acoustic guitar? Yeah, yeah. Borrowed a guitar from one of the volunteers. Oh, I was going to ask you what kind of guitar you have. You probably don't even know. Yeah, I don't, actually, I don't know. Do you have a preference? Um, not an acoustic, no. An acoustic, I'll just, whatever I can wrap my hand around because I have small hands. Uh, for electric, I always play Gibson. Yeah. Well, most people probably know you best for your music. However, you have an extensive resume and voice work, and you've been in some really popular movies. How do you make the transition from the music business to going into movies and voice work? Well, the, it first started out in 1985 when I briefly left the Go-Go's, um, and I uh, decided to embark on a solo career. Um, my manager at the time suggested I try acting, even though it wasn't anything I'd ever really thought of. Um, and I got... Uh, pretty early on, I got to be in a couple of pretty iconic films. Most, it, in my mind, most importantly, I got to be in Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home. As a lifelong Trek fanatic, it was um, a huge deal for me to to be part of that. Um, I also got to be in the movie Clue, which is one of those movies that sort of grown in popularity over the years. When it came out, it did okay, but I think now it's kind of one of one of those cult favorites. Um, um, and then Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which um, was uh, really a fun uh, project to be a part of. And since that time, I've done loads and loads of, of small films, independent films. I, I, I'm also an independent filmmaker. I just, um, I'm actually in post-production on my first movie that I wrote and directed. It's a, a science fiction comedy, and it's called The Pyrex Glitch. And and um, I was actually just talking to the Hubble people down the, down the way there because we used Hubble images as the um, space backgrounds for the film. Yeah. So, yeah, I, have, I, I love music, and I love that my career affords me the opportunity to do other stuff, too. And, you know, being a sci-fi geek, especially when it involves science fiction. <laughs> Now, you're obviously a person born to create. Do you have a preference, whether it's music acting or voice work, or you're just happy to do? Um, wow. I feel like the thing that is most natural to me, maybe because I've been doing it the longest, is songwriting. I really, songwriting is fun and easy and rewarding, so I guess that would probably be my preference, but I love everything, and, and like I said, having just written and directed my first movie, that was quite the experience. Oh, I forgot, I also do a, write a comic book. Here, look at this. Oh, wait, this is a podcast. <laughs> just kidding. I was going to ask um, you about that later anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've also um, started a comic book series that's called Lady Robotica, and it's science fiction, of course, and it's funny. And um, I par I'm partnered up with one of my best friends, Bill Morrison, of The Simpsons and Futurama fame. 
Uh, he is the artist, and he and I collaborate on the stories. And it's not one of those um, projects where they just sort of like take a celebrity's name and run with it. Like, I mean, it's my project. I write it, so um, it's very near and dear to me. And uh, it's one of those things that we don't have nearly enough time in our lives to do often enough. So so far, we've only released two episodes, but there's lots, lots of issues and stories to come. And again, it's like anything sci-fi. I just want to get my hands into. Now, the, I saw on the cover of, is this the first issue here? Yeah. You can't see on the podcast. <laughs> the second issue is the, the heroine playing a guitar. Can you hand me that one? Yes. Yeah. Issue two, yeah. She's on stage. She's actually um, been forced to do a concert on an alien world. Um, either that or, or basically suffer dire consequences. And right. at that point, when she's doing the concert, she realizes she has mad powers that she didn't know she had. Um, so it's the, the beginning of it's the beginning of her. Actually, she starts out Jane Weedland and she becomes later Robotica a superhero, <laughs> just like in real life. I hope. Right. We can hope. <laughs> awesome. Now we talked about Star Trek Four. Um, it's one of the favorite movies in the series. Can you tell us how you got that role, the alien communications officer? Uh, basically, heavy begging. <laughs> um, I told my agent at the time when I heard that they were going to make the fourth one that I would do anything to be in it. They didn't have to pay me, just let me be in it. So they gave me a small role. And the best part was, of course, that Leonard Nimoy directed, so I got to meet him. I was totally starstruck. He's, of the whole Star Trek universe, he's my favorite. Spock is the best. Oh, yes. Um, so you told us how you got the role in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Begging. Yes. <laughs> um, you told us about your movie projects are coming up, but you also you have a tour with the Go-Go's this year. Yes. Yes, actually, uh, we did... Um, we did a couple weeks in May, mm-hmm. and then we're doing a couple weeks in August. After I get done with this, I'm going off with the Go-Go's. And then we're doing uh, September, October. So uh, we will be on the West Coast and the East Coast. And the most exciting thing is we're playing the Hollywood Bowl this year, which is, you know, legendary. <laughs> if our listeners want to find out more about you and what's going on in your career, where should they go? Uh, the easiest place to go is janeweedland.com. All you got to know is how to spell my name. And just if you remember, I before E, that's it, W-I-E-D-L-I-N. And I, I love to have people come visit me online. And um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook all the time. I'm very active on both those, especially Twitter. So people can find me there. Same thing, Jane Weedlin. Now, um, do the go No. Unfortunately, that's it's hard for us because we are scattered all over the place. So it's hard to for us to all get together and commit that kind of time it takes to make new music. But we still like to play live and play our hits. And we're lucky enough that we still have lots of people that still love us, which is awesome. So it's great time for a squad and tour. You guys get along, obviously. Yeah, we get along, and we have realized over the years that. Working together, we're just some kind of special thing, so we, we like to keep it that way. And you know, we figured out we're one of really one of the only bands out there that have been together as long as we have 34 years and have the same members for so long. That's true, it is unusual. Yeah, it's really not typical at all. <laughs> yeah, that's quite an accomplishment. Well, it's been a pleasure to sit down and chat with you guys. Thanks, guys. People can find Lady Robotica from your site? Yes. And, uh, On my website. Or they can go to LadyRobotica.com, spelled with a K. Or, or yeah, or Jane Whitland. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with me. All right, thank you. And we are back. Miles, it is about time to shut up the diner. But before we do that, we got the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. That's right. Who's bringing us our Sci-Fi 5 and 5 this week? Uh, Our friend uh, Jen from New York. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk. Let's talk about the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. She actually has two, but we'll just read. Do you want to read both of them this week? (coughs) 
Oh, we can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because they're both they're both movie picks are kind mm-hmm. of related. So, as you know, if you listen to the Sci Fi Diner podcast, we do this thing called the Sci Fi Di- the Sci Fi Rewind, where mm-hmm. we kind of rewind these movies. And so, these are her five suggestions, aka ten suggestions, um, from Jen about what we should be rewatching. So, why don't we do every other one? Okay. And so she starts out saying, as for my five rematch, rematch you meant rewatch movies, you guys should do, um, here's what it should be. Mm-hmm. So I'll take number one, Galaxy Quest. Um, I'd love to rewatch that Galaxy Quest. That would be Quest. fun. Uh, be lo- fun. Lo- love Galaxy Quest. So maybe we should make that our October one. The, I would be open to that. We should see if we can get Jen on for that. She would love that. Next, uh, next on our list is either Star Trek three or four, and I would definitely be, be down with that. Yeah, four definitely. I'm a huge fan of four. Uh, I, I think three is starting. It's starting to get the appreciation it deserves. Well, you know what we should do? If we really should do three, then four, mm-hmm. because then we because then we did Khan three and four. Do them in order. Yeah, yeah. do kind of, do them kind of or that trilogy in order. Three, three is starting to look feel like the Empire Strikes Back. You yeah. Know. Um, a big trouble in Little China. Uh, not really a sci-fi movie. Maybe fantasy. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I don't really have a desire to. Is yeah, that, is that bad? Is that bad, Miles? Well, um, not necessarily. I mean, um, maybe maybe watch a trailer, or see if you know if it might pique your I've interest. Seen the trailer? Doesn't do anything for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, one that she has on her list that we, we, I'm sure we both agree is is Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, I'd be open to rewatching Back to the Future. I would. I would. It, it's kind of a sci-fi comedy, not real serious. Many times this movie doesn't get love it deserves. People don't – when they think sci-fi, they don't think Back to the Future. But it is right. very much sci-fi. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good time travel. Mm-hmm. And, and Terminator 2, absolutely. No, no. I would I would love to rewatch Terminator 2. Yeah. So that has to be in the list sometimes. So mm-hmm. those are her first five, but then she wrote, she couldn't say, I can't just limit it to five. Let me give you another five. And she went on to mm-hmm. give some other ones. Uh, she, she, she suggests the fifth element. Uh, um, all for that one. I think that's an excellent That'd be choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Rock's hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'd be open to watching it. It's, it's, a, it's, it, it's an early eighties, uh, yeah. sci-fi movie. I've never seen it. Okay. So, um, this next one, uh, space balls. That's more. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, lo- I, I still love space balls. I could watch that. Um, yeah. Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it. That's actually, I think the first movie I ever saw ever. My, my mother took me to see when I was a small, when I was a little guy. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And the last one here, uh, Ghostbusters. I'd watch that one for mm-hmm. rewind. That, that'd be fun to watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. So a lot of good ones here, Jen. I, you know, I'm down with a bunch of these. You know, so maybe sometime we'll uh, have to uh, throw these in and uh, maybe put a poll in and see what uh, they'll eventually be a part of. We should. We should put these up in a poll. That would be a good um, idea. Yeah. Going to type that right now. So we poll need- for <laughs> our for our next rewind. And, and right. Jen, we want you to co-host it with us. Yep, definitely. So next rewind, you'll co-host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to figure out a schedule. See if that works for you, Jen. So about the middle of October, probably be a Tuesday night. I know you have your shows, but if you can TiVo some of your shows or record them and just come on to us, come on with us for an hour. Not come mm-hmm. on to us, <laughs> but yeah, come on with us for an hour. That'd be great. So, well, thanks, Jen, for your sci-fi ten and five, and um, we uh, appreciate uh, you calling in and giving us that. Oh yeah. So, well, I believe that is about it, Miles. Uh, so, where can people find us? Well, we have our own main website, sci-fi dot com, but also uh, we're, we're very active on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook is just. Continues to grow mm-hmm. um, and uh, lively discussion. It's facebook.com backslash sci fi diner. And uh, so you can do that. You can obviously email us at the sci fi diner podcast at gmail.com and you can call us. Do you know the number, Miles? 1 Whatever it is. But you got it. Uh, look it up on the website. It's there. I confused him. Yeah, you got me all confuddled. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles, let's uh, turn down the blinds and let's get out of here. All right. Well, till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya. 